0: Amen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Dandy. Happy New Year to you. Like always, we uh, pray over another body of believers because we're not the only one and we're not the best one. We're a part of the best one and uh, we are happy. Uh, to be practicing unity every single week yeah. because unity is where the blessing of God is poured out and this week we're going to pray for North Albemarle Baptist and uh, Pastor Brad Marie Lynch and you'll notice on the handouts that it's a typo and says Marie Uh and that's my fault Miss Marie, if you see this, I am so sorry. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Nicole's going to pray, and we're going to join together. Will you join with us as we pray for North Albemarle Baptist?
1: Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that we get to be a part of your body. And Lord, we thank you that we don't have to do this alone, but you have given us other members in the body to reach out to your people, to draw people into your kingdom, to share that love and that light. And Lord, we just thank you for North Albemarle Baptist Church. We thank you for Pastor Brad and Marie Lynch. We thank you for all that they do to give to you and to your kingdom. We thank you for the time, the effort, the gifts, the love that they pour out out into their congregation and into your kingdom into this community lord and so father we just lift them up to you and we pray your blessings over them we pray blessings over north albemarle church and we pray blessings over pastor brad and marie lynch we thank you that your hand is upon them. We thank you that your wisdom and your knowledge fills them each and every day so that they can go out and produce the, or to fulfill the purpose that you have assigned them. And we thank you that their doors are open to all who seek you, Lord. We thank you that their hearts are open to receive them and to pour out into them your love. And we praise you for it. We thank you that you are constantly filling them with your love and your peace and your joy. In every way, in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm gonna be seeding seeded today. <laughs> Man, somebody pray for that plant. Holy moly, <laughs> that thing needs some water or something. Be healed. Amen. <laughs> I'm glad it's behind me. It looks looks like it needs some water. It must. I bet it got cold in here this week after all that uh, all that other stuff. That's pretty funny. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, hello. 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 So the uh, Happy New Year to you. I hope everybody had a great one. And uh, are you looking forward to this year, this new season? Yes, sir. Yeah, good, 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 good. Well, I uh, I decided to sit today because... Um, the topic is today is really really important we're kind of starting into a new series and uh in the beginning of february uh i would say probably around uh the first or second week in february we're going to be starting a series called there's hope and it's going to be huge it's going to be very important for you uh it's going to be important to your life it's going to be important to what you do and how you live um but i'm you know, it's one of those things where you're going to want to you're going to want to tell people about it because it's going to change how they live and how they receive things from God. Uh, this series this morning uh, is who, what, when, where, why, and how. And uh, today we're talking about why, and uh, we're just looking at some of the basics on you know why are we here, what are we doing, how are we doing it, what are we supposed to be doing, and um, we, this is something actually that we kind of covered uh, yesterday at the leadership advance talking about why and i 'll tell you um, it's this is a big deal this is what what we 're talking about this morning is very, very, very important but it's a little bit heavy and the truth is it's going to challenge you so I decided to sit down so I wouldn't be intimidating and <laughs> maybe you'll receive it better amen so praise god <laughs> and uh but it's it's challenging it's a challenging topic and uh and you'll see what I mean in just a few short minutes and it'll be awesome so um let's just jump right into it and who, what, when, where, why, and how, and we may combine a couple of those on certain weeks, but today we're talking about the why. Today, this is, this is really our motivating factor, and, and this is what I, wanna, I want you to do. I'm going to ask you a question right here, and I want you one at a time, you know, give me a short answer. I don't need a paragraph. Give me a short answer as to legitimately uh, what has motivated you to do certain things, and... Um, and I'll give you some that we had as well. But why do you do the things that you do? Now, the only people that can't talk during this period of time is the ELT because the leadership team, we just talked about this. Now they know the answer. So why do you do the things that you do? Why do you work? Why do you go to work? Money. Money. Okay. Your daughter. It's good. These are good reasons. Why do you, why do you read? Learn. Why do you watch TV? Entertainment. Okay. Why do you sleep? Rest. Rest. Why do you play? Nobody wants to answer that in church. What would you say? Unwind. Unwind. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good. Huh? To what enjoy. to enjoy it? Yeah. Why do you come to church? Worship. Honest answer. The Bible says so. Amen. <laughs> Cause God told me to. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Why do you talk? Communicate. Be heard. Why do you serve? Huh? You're led. Okay. Ma'am, thankfulness, Thankfulness. that's a great answer. Huh? Love. Love. Amen. Why do you grow? Necessity, huh? Help others. Be closer to God. God. Uh, Why do you strive to succeed? Nobody wants to answer that one in church either. <laughs> to help yourself, ma'am. We're representing someone else. Amen. So, um, you know, one of the things that we asked uh yesterday at the leadership was and we were planning out 2016 and 2016 is going to be awesome. We've got some great events. You know, we got the movie coming up. We got some unity stuff. Uh the Connection show just started this past weekend. Uh, the full website will be up probably this week. Uh, we're hoping for that. Uh, but it'll be broadcasting the show this weekend. It's awesome. It's, it's a good one. And, um, so it'll be playing. Actually, that'll be playing on the local AM station. It'll be playing on an internet station. It'll be playing on, uh, the website. We'll be able to broadcast the video so you can actually watch it. You can share it and everything. So anyway, it's pretty cool. Um, So there's a lot of stuff happening this year for you and through you. But the question is, why do we do what we do? Not just these specific things, but just in general. Why do we do what we do? And one of the best answers that I heard yesterday was, um, you know, somebody working in children's ministry said, I want them to know the things that I didn't know. I want those kids to grow in ways that I didn't that I didn't know, so they won't have to go through the things that I didn't go through. Now, here's, here's the issue. Now, here comes the challenging part, all right? Ready? Prepare yourself. All of those answers minus, I think, one in all of that is the incorrect answer. Everything that everybody said is the incorrect answer. And here's why. Because all of those things, basically, will pass away. And even the things that sounded godly, there's got to be a deeper reason than that. For example, even that answer about, I want those kids to know what it is, one of the things that we examined was this. Well, that may be a why, but that feeling, it comes and goes. It waxes and wanes. So what happens when you're not feeling that? What happens when you're feeling more like sleeping than you are passing on the knowledge to the kids? You see what I'm saying? What happens when the kids grow up and they actually they don't have the same why that you had? So then what you actually wanted to get ac- across to them and accomplish in their lives, it doesn't get accomplished. So now all of a sudden you've got kids that may have knowledge, but they have no why and they won't do it. They won't they won't continue in it. They'll fall into the same pitfalls, even even having the knowledge of how not to do it, they won't do it because their why is incorrect. So let let's turn to this verse real quick First Corinthians thirteen three. See, here's the thing. Most all of our answers, and this is where I really want you to challenge yourself. Don't don't look at this as me challenging you. Look at this as the Holy Spirit shining a light in your life, turning on the alarm clock, and you take an honest look at yourself and say, why do I do the things that I do? Why do I go to work? I read a post uh, just yesterday of somebody that said, man, for the last few years I have worked like, you know, bunches, bunches of hours. And I don't want to live like this. But I know the reason why they were living like that. They wanted to get ahead. They wanted to do this. Now they're on the verge of, you know, almost breaking down. Why? Because that's not the way God designed it. Their why was to get more money so that they could have a better life. And they really screwed up. They really put themselves in a jam. Because their why was completely off. And so now that their why is off, they're doing things for the wrong reasons. The wrong why will drive you to do the wrong things. That's a good one. The wrong why will drive you to do the wrong things. So why are we writing poetry? Why are we helping kids? Why are we desiring to teach? You know, and we need to really honestly look at ourselves and say, why am I doing this? And when I tell you the answer, you can't just you know, be like, oh, yeah, that's it. No, if that was it, it would have come out of your mouth from the beginning. You see, all of your thoughts would have, you know, the, the why is not that. See, here's the thing. All of those other reasons, they don't last. 1 Corinthians thirteen three says these three things, three things will last forever. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. That's in uh that's interesting, 1313, excuse me, I said three, didn't I? I was like, what's different about that, 1313, <laughs> all right, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So in other words, there's three things that are going to abide forever. There's three things that we should abide in forever. And the one that motivates them all is love. So in 1 John 4, 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. This is our why. Because he loved us, we love. Our love, our why, is Loving God is we love God. If anything that you do is not based in a why of my love for God, then your why is off and your why will not last and your whole motivation, the wrong why, will lead you to do the wrong things. In other words, let me go back to this list now. So what should be our why? Our why should be love, loving God. I love you, God. Now, if you love God, you're going to love people. If you love people, then you're going to consider them higher than yourselves. You're going to, you see what I'm saying? So if your why is off, it can even sound good, like I want them to grow. You know? I, I, could, I could start a church wanting people to understand you know, stuff that I understand, helping them to get to another place. But if my why is not loving God first, then I'm off. And that'll get off because after a while, people get on your nerves, and I'll be like, No, nah, I don't care if you're learning or not. Fine, good. You know, whatever. You know, my, your why has to stay solid. <laughs> Otherwise, it's easy to get off. So, what should it be our why? Our why is loving God. Period. Period. So, it, it's interesting. We love because he first loved us. So, here's one of the questions Can we love? Without receiving love from God. So can our why be right if we haven't received love from God in the first place? So we've got to receive, but then we've got to give that back too. We've got to give that love back. Now look at this. Let's go back to that same list. Why do we work? Well, what does the answer need to be? Because I love God. That's why I work. It has nothing to do with money has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with uh, my family. It's got to do with God. And here's, here's the reason for that. If I trust God first, God will take care of my family. God will take care of my finances. But when our why is off, what we're doing is we're actually putting the wrong priority on top. We're not seeking him first. And then we don't have what, the things that he actually wants us to have. Why do we read? Or well, our read, even if we're reading something that's, you know, a fiction or just for fun or whatever, even our reading should be based off of, I'm seeking God. See, when we have a why that's outside of love for God, what we're saying is, God, I don't trust you enough to tell me what I need to do. And and that might sound harsh, but it really is true. Why do we sleep? Well, we do need rest. We need, you know, we need to... but But why... What's the whole reason that we need to sleep in the first place? Because we need to stay an efficient ambassador of God. And so if I, why I even go to sleep because I love God. Sometimes God says, out of his love for me, go to sleep. Stop working. Right? He even talks about that in Psalms 127. Why do I play? because sometimes I do need a, a re- relaxation. I need to enjoy life. Even God God got on to me about that, you know, a couple of years ago. He's like, "What do you like to do?" I don't know. He's like, "You need to, you know. Why? Because I needed to enjoy life a little bit more. I was just like going, you know, trying to put my nose to the grindstone. I was striving, I was toiling, and I needed to play some, right? I needed to have some stuff. So in other words, even our play The why needs to be, I love God. And the reason why I needed that balance in my life, personally, was because if I'm never playing, if I'm never having any fun, then I get up here and I'm like, y'all can't have any fun either. And I might not say that, but that's the way it feels. If I'm not, i got to have some fun. The why has to be, I love God. Why do I come to church? What makes me feel better? Well, it gets my needs met. Well, I get to serve people. Uh, sounds good but if the why is not I love God then it's off your motivations are going to be off you'll be here for the wrong reasons why do I talk oh this is a big one (laughs) guarantee you you will talk less when you understand your why (laughs) guaranteed (laughs) don't be thinking about somebody that that fits be thinking about yourself (gasps) (laughs) I know somebody needs to hear that no no that's for you (laughs) why do you serve do you serve so that you can be promoted do you serve for the pats on the back do you serve even you know just to help others it's got to be motivated by love for God it's got to be why do I grow because I love you Lord and I, and I recognize if I grow, I help prove to the world around me the why. I help prove why do I strive to succeed. Well, you know, I'm, I'm saying strive here in a good way, not like a toiling way for those who understand that. But uh, the reason why we should succeed is God is a God of increase. He wants us, in other words, he, he takes that person with the talents and he says, look, take these talents and use them. Don't bury them. You have a life that you can either choose to trust God for success or not, but your success doesn't need to be driven by what the world's taught you all your life up until this point. Your success needs to be driven by one thing, your love for God. It's your why for everything. And as soon as that changes, our whole life gets off. There's a, and, and this should be, uh, we'll step into a new, there's a story, a new area of this. There's a story that talks about a successful guy. I was trying to remember it, and I remembered it uh, last night. There's this guy that wants to be successful, and he knows about this guru, of success right and so he goes to find this guru and the dudes like you know I I forget the exact setup. I'm just going to tell you my version of it. You'll get the point. So the guru's like surfing or something, right? He's out in the ocean. He's wading in the water. And so this guy's been searching for the guru of success. And the wannabe guy, the wannabe successful guy, finally finds him. He goes out into the ocean, and he says, Oh, man, you're the guru of success. That's an awesome name, isn't it? You're, yeah. Who wants to be a guru of success? So anyway, so he finds this guy. Guy, he walks out into the ocean, and he says, guru, oh guru, <laughs> uh, teach me how to be successful. <laughs> teach me how to have success. And the guru doesn't say anything. He just grabs the guy by the throat, holds him underwater until the bubbles start coming, stop coming up. And the guy's struggling, and he's fighting, and, and he's like... You know, he's about to die. And then right at the last second, before the guy drowns, the guru pulls him back out up out of the water, and he tells the want-to-be successful guy. He says, "If you want to have success, when you want to have success as much as you wanted that breath of air, you'll be successful." It's a great point. It works in the world. It's awesome for motivational speakers to tell a story like that. But here's what I'm saying. If your why is not life and death to you, you're already lukewarm. You're never going to fulfill what God's called you to fulfill until your why becomes life and death to you. You're never going to be who God's called you to be without getting in that way. And I want you to look at Jesus. Was the why of God, his love for the Father, strong enough to take him even to death? What was his motivation? What was his why? Father, I love you. And he loved people because he loved the Father. So his love for people was to the death as well because the Father's love was to the death for them as well. The why, the love that God had was so absolute. See, when your why becomes that, all of a sudden everything changes. What are we we talking about? We're talking about being all in. We're talking about proof. We're talking about being a living sacrifice. But this really defines where we're at. That's what I like about this question. This really defines... Am I there? Well, see, if you're doing things and your why really is not what would Jesus do, your why is really not love for God, then you're not there. And this is the defining factor between Christians who are actually you know, moving in the miraculous and the huge things of God and ones that aren't. And it's time for us to be the kind of people that move for one reason and one reason only. We love God. God, I love you. That's my why. That's why I move. It's why I make decisions. It's why I'll choose one house over the other. It's why I'll choose to go to a job or not. It's why I'll choose to, to you know, purpose myself in esteem going to church. Because I love you. But see, the truth is, I mean, the truth is, we have a slew of other reasons that are our why. A slew of other reasons. I I read something, um, I forget exactly where it was from or who, but it was talking about dating. And it said, "If, if you have not asked, basically it said, if you have not asked God, about this person and if they're not going after God fully you should not be a christian you should not be dating them you should not be dating them why because you're giving yourself to be emotionally involved with somebody and emotions can be really strong why and you are opening yourself up you're not fleeing temptation you're you're hugging temptation And our society thinks that that kind of stuff's okay, but it's because they don't understand the true nature of what needs to be our why. Even the church, there's a lot of the church that says that stuff's okay, but they don't understand. You've got to go after God with everything that you have. Your why, your answer for everything ought to be because I love God. Well, that'll change your decision-making. What was the why for Jesus? He loved God. Same thing. That was the answer for him. You think about that. Every decision he made, every single one of them, why did he do it? Do we question that? Do we question if he had another why? No, that was it, wasn't it? And who are we supposed to be growing like? Into him. Into the fullness of the stature of him. So why do we think that we should have a different why than Jesus did. Why do we think, and, and this question came up, think about this, what if Jesus had compromised once? One time, while he was here on the earth, just once he compromised. What, what would have happened? What would be the result of that? Can you think of the trickle-down effect of Jesus compromising? First of all, you wouldn't be born again. Second of all, let's say you could be born again, which you couldn't, because it had to have a pure, spotless lamb whose motivations and heart was right so that there was no sin. So first of all, you couldn't, but let's say you could be born again. Think about how many Christians would use that one, one time. As a means for their own compromise. Well, Jesus did it. I mean, he never did compromise. And look how much Christianity (laughs) is looking for any excuse. Any excuse. Think about if he had done it one time. And now let me ask you this. What makes us think that we can Oh, I told you it was going to be a challenging message. Welcome! Yay! (laughs) What makes us think that we can? Doesn't doesn't this change? Shouldn't, Shouldn't this change how we think? Shouldn't this change what motivates us? And we're talking about the difference between actually being the light or not. We're talking about the difference between a real hope and glory of God or not. Colossians three twenty three, Nicole actually used this earlier, is whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than men. This basically says that no matter what we're doing, we shouldn't just do it because, all right, you know, Pastor Brian asked me to do something, so I'm gonna do it, you know. No, we should see it as God's watching over every aspect of this, even the planning of it, and I ought to do it in the utmost excellence. I definitely ought to live my life in excellence like I'm doing this because we got to think of, of God not just, as, not just as a man who was on the earth, but we got to think of him like that and king of all kings, lord of all lords, creator of the whole universe. Do you realize the size and scope? When we say God, we just flippantly throw that word out there. But do you realize the scope of who he really is? So now if you think about it in that way and you think about it on that scale, all of a sudden God asks you to do something, how would you do it? If he was watching. I remember one time when I was looking at this verse and and the Lord challenged me. He said, said, if I ask you to do something, like to build a box, just a square box, how much time and effort would you put into that? It'd take me a while. I would want those seams to be perfect. I would want the measurements to be, I mean, I'd, I would measure and remeasure and remeasure. I would want that thing to get perfect. Why? Because I was doing it for, for God, right? So why do we take anything else into the world? Because our why is off. We're, we're supposed to do everything as unto the Lord, and yet so many times we'll be like, well, that's okay. That'll be all right for church. You know, we'll say, that's, that's all right. I don't have to be there on time. I don't have to do this. They'll, they'll have enough people to serve. Why? Because our why is off. Our why is off. We've got to change that. This is not, see, this is something that I that I said already of being all in for God isn't a matter of life and death for you. You're already lukewarm. You see, this is why we come up with excuses. This is why we open up options in our life, is because we don't see us as working for God, and we don't see him as really being the why in our life. What we see is seeing us as having options. But if we're really being like Jesus. There are no options. We choose. It's a choice. We choose to see no options. We choose to be all in. We choose to be a living sacrifice. We choose to be like Christ. We should never allow what we would consider normal excuses to limit who and what we can be through Christ. But yet, so many times will allow what we would call, well, that's that's a good excuse, to separate us from doing everything in excellence, to separate us from the why, the reason that we do it. We, We use these and all of a sudden we're doing things subpar and calling them good. And the world looks at us and goes, I need real. Where's the real? Where's the real power of God? Where's the real love of God? Where's the real excellence of God? Where are these things? And the church says, We got them. And the world says, No, you don't. No, you don't. All because our why is off. If somebody can go get the kids, are they doing communion with us today? Get the kids. You know, today, I think it's one of those days where you check yourself and you go, man, do I need to change things? Do I need to change the way that I do stuff? I think the obvious answer is yes, all of us. And so what do you do with that? You know, I was, I was reading, you know, reading something that said, uh, it was this morning, it said when we come into repentance, false repentance, we actually say, well, I'm sorry because of this. Like with Eve, it's like, you know, I'm sorry but the serpent. You know, Adam, I'm sorry but that woman you gave me. You know, and it's always, it's looking for a reason. It's looking for excuse. But real repentance is one of the heart that goes, Lord, my why's been off. I've not been doing things for you. And because of that, I can see the potential at the very least that everything I'm doing can be off. In other words, I, it doesn't mean I'm doing everything wrong. It just means there's potential for it all to be wrong if my why is not there. And so I've got to get to the place where I really repent because when we run up into these areas where where God's like, you know, let me shine the light on this. And all of a sudden, our, our why is off. Our, and we're off on the inside. All of a sudden, what we need to do, we don't need to just go, good message preacher. We need to go, Lord, I repent and hit our knees. We need to go, Lord, I... And repentance doesn't just mean I'm sorry, you know. It's not just a sorrow that you got caught. It's a, it's a godly sorrow that says... I'm changing that. I was going this way, now I'm going this way, and I will not go back that way. That's repentance. And so today, if you've found, oh man, Lord, I I think my why has been off, then I I charge you, I challenge you, I, I open up the opportunity for you to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent, I turn, and I turn to you. Help me to see the real root of my whys. Help me to see why I do things, how I got in that position. What what makes me think about that? Lord, let me change my why in everything that I do from the smallest thing to the biggest thing to be because I love God, because I love you. And there's no better way to do that than to seal it with communion. And to say, Lord, here's my repentance. I've checked my heart. I have truly repented and turned another direction. And I esteem what you've done for me. So let's just pass these out. Paul, will you help? And if y'all just hold those for the children that coming in, if the parents want them to have it, they can. So let's just examine that as they're passing this out. And try as much as you can to not only not spill your juice, but pay attention in your heart to repentance. <laughs> if you've been challenged by that, you, know, you may want to you may want to kneel kind of here at the front, or you may want to kneel there, you may want to stand up. Whatever you want to do, whatever your heart is leading you to do, I just you're welcome to do that. You're open to do that. But I just I'll let that be between you and God. If you've been challenged today saying, Man, I I think I've been doing things for the wrong reason. I think I've been doing things for the wrong why. If that's you, I, I just I encourage you. It's not. You know what? The truth of the matter is, that should be everybody in here, <laughs> including me. It should be everybody in here. So you're not alone. You're not alone. Matter of fact, I think that we, we end up doing this a lot more than we think we know. I think if we actually saw how much our why was off, it might even scare us a little bit. Well, let's get to the place where we reverence God so much that we can at least see the potential of that, of how far it could be off. Let's, let's reverence a God, God enough right now that we see the potential of something that could be so far off from what we actually want in our heart, that we say, Lord, I need to esteem you right now. I need to esteem your holiness. And Lord, I just, right now, I repent. Let that, if you need to say that, say it. If you want to just repeat after me and just say, say, Lord, right now, I repent. I turn around. I stopped doing what I was doing. I stop living with the wrong why. And I start living only because I love you. And that motivates every thought and every action of my life from this day forward. And I will not turn back to the wrong whys. I won't turn back. I repent. And Lord, your word says that if we'll confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us. Lord, right now, that's the beauty and the glory of you, Lord. Your mercy and your grace, that even when we mess up, you've already chosen to forgive us. And in Jesus' name, we don't just listen to that, but we receive that forgiveness. We receive your love so that our why, our love towards you, can be empowered. Because we love because you first loved us. Lord, we repent. We receive forgiveness. Lord, we've checked our heart. And Lord, we esteem right now the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that gave us the power. And the ability to walk a life in victory in you. To walk a life of love for you. To walk in a life where our why is the right one. The one that will stand and the one that will produce life in abundance for us. Lord, let our why stand and remain. Our love for you stand and remain from this point forward. Jesus, we esteem you. Thank you for the price that you paid for us to be called the children of God. Thank you for the blood that you shed that sealed us in fullness and newness of life. In Jesus' name. Lord, we make these commitments to you today. We praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take the body and the blood. You can, let's just stand. and Father, we praise you for this day. Lord, we thank you for a challenging message. We thank you for a message that will highlight the areas that we've been tripping and falling in and the pits that we've been in without even realizing it, without even knowing it. But we thank you for it. Thank you that your love disciplines us as well as gives to us. Thank you for a love that will pull us out of the pit and not leave us helpless and enemies and in the wrong ways. Lord, we receive you, we praise you, and we thank you, and we commit to you to be steadily about changing our why, to be only That we love you. Lord, we love you. And we are motivated by our love for you. And that is our why. In everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So glad to have you today. Thank you for listening and watching. And we praise God for you. Have a great, great day. And let the life of this inspire you into the greatness that God has for you as your why now is eternally producing the fruit of Christ in you. Amen. Have a great day.